Welcome to Making Fit Work. I'm your host, Nina McGough, certified personal trainer and nutrition coach and busy mom of two. I'm committed to helping you get real results by sharing best practices and life hacks to staying consistent. I also regularly interview other busy professionals who have mastered the ability to juggle it all while staying the course with their health and fitness. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Making Fit Work. I am your host, Nina McGough, and today I am here with my friend, colleague, longtime trainer, Nicole Blasi. Thank you, Nicole, for joining me again today. This is your second time on the podcast, right? Yep. That's awesome. I don't think I've repeated a guest yet, so yay! Woo! I'm <laughs> <really> honored. <laughs> Nicole is an A certified personal trainer, precision nutrition coach, and has been training clients for over 25 years. That just goes to show the experience, the knowledge, and just the array of clients that you've had over that time, Nicole. I'm sure you've seen a huge shift on yes. who like your kind of ideal client oh, or your absolutely. average client has been over the years. So Today, we really wanted to talk about sort of a twofold topic, how to know whether or not you need a personal trainer and then how to choose one. And you're going to hear us use the words trainer and coach a little bit. And Nicole and I are going to dive a little deep into kind of what we feel the difference is um, and how to kind of spot that, right? Yes, I'm excited. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? Let's just kind of throw it all out there. How do you, how does someone know whether or not it is time to invest? Because working with someone one-on-one is absolutely an investment, right? And it's investment in themselves, their bodies, their future selves, um, their mindset. But how do you know whether or not it is time to essentially up your game and invest in working with someone one-on-one. What comes to your mind first, Nicole? Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is what your ultimate goal is in hiring someone to help you navigate through training, nutrition, lifestyle, habit, behavior. Like, What is it that you're looking to get out of the experience? because I think it can be a variety of different things or layers of things. Um, What your timeline might be in order to achieve the goal and work with this person. Um, And then ultimately what type of relationship you're looking to have Mm. with this type of person or coach or trainer, whatever we're talking, whoever whoever we're talking about. Right. Right. Um, So I would say those top three goal relationship, and then maybe timeline. I like that. The thing that comes to my mind uh, the most is overall exercise experience and history. Mm -hmm. Um, I find that for me, at least, the majority of the people that end up inquiring about training with, that I end up training and end up meeting, are people who either don't have much exercise history um, at all, which is part of why it's been hard for them to stick to a plan on their own. Yeah. Maybe they, they just didn't grow up at, you know, playing sports, athletic, was were, didn't, never was really on a routine. Um, and so they're not sure if they're doing things right to start, right? Not sure what to do. Mm-hmm. And then also someone who has maybe done things and had a long history with exercise, 
but not quite right. Maybe has had some injuries mm-hmm. and needs someone to help them kind of navigate through what their journey looks like now going forward. Because <laughs> it should look very different than what it has in the past. But I think sometimes we have a hard time doing that. Like most people have a hard time knowing what that should look like. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with all of those as well. So we could kind of blend that together because yeah. experience and, you know, education, obviously I kind of assume, I guess, that people are looking at those things just out the gate. If I was hiring someone to do my finances, I would want to make sure that they were educated in finance, Yeah, make sure that they're, that I'm hiring the right person. But I also feel like the relationship is a second tier to that. Yeah. Because you have to find a good connection with the person. Like, are you someone that's hiring someone for tough love or a little bit more understanding and compassion and flexibility? Not that tough love doesn't have those things, but right. you definitely have to know what and what does accountability look like too? Are you looking for someone to track every morsel of food or are you looking for someone mm. that's going to give you workouts and and you know, really hold your feet to the fire to do them? Or are you, like you said, if you're brand new, maybe you want to slowly progress Mm -hmm. into some of those um, types of tracking or types of accountability, whatever you would want to call them. I also think when it comes to like, do I need to invest in a personal trainer? Kind of starting with going back to that question, someone who maybe has been checking the box with their fitness for a long time, but hasn't really seen much change, right? Just kind of in this typical maintenance mode and they want change. There's nothing wrong with maintenance mode, but maybe somebody who actually wants change feels motivated to work out, but they're like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like that goes back to the goal. Like a goal can be anything. You can be brand new to fitness and have a goal. You can be an avid exerciser and want to level up and have a different goal. You Mm -hmm. can be a marathon runner. You can be a triathlete. You can you know, the first time couch to 5k. I mean, there could be any number of goals. Right. I think that then also goes back to, um, you know, timeline because I am a huge pusher for my clients. It's not just about the goal, but how long are we looking or how long do I have to get you to a place where we can achieve this goal? Like, yeah. Are you hardcore and want to go all in? And that might be the the exerciser that's been exercising a long time, they have all the fundamentals, they know what they're doing. They just need a few tweaks and a little bit of a push. Um, and so they are hiring someone for a very different reason than a right. newbie that doesn't want to get hurt and wants to take it slow and has to learn things as they go. Right. So, you know, all of the above, I guess. Yeah. All right. So let's dive into how to hire a trainer, how to choose a coach once you've made that decision that like, all right, I'm ready for this investment. Mm -hmm. I do have a specific timeline or a goal or something I'm trying to achieve. And I just don't know how to get there on my own, whether you've been trying to do it on your own um, and you're not seeing any change or you don't even know where to start. Yeah. Well, listen, I am... I kind of approach it like I approach anything that I would be looking to purchase or buy or hire someone for is I always do my research. Mm-hmm. I always make sure that I ask for referrals. Like I want to know who else is when working with this person, what type of results, what type of personality mm-hmm. this, this person that I'm hiring is. Are they tough? Are they 
easygoing? Are they flexible? What What's their personality? What's their style of coaching and training or whatever I'm hiring them for? Yeah. Um, and then what their experience is like. So I think I think women do this really well because we're, we're, we tend to, you know, if someone has great hair, the first thing I ask is, what are you doing? What type of shampoo? <laughs> yeah. Where do you get your hair done? So I feel like for females, we're investigators that way to begin with. So from a referral standpoint, I would ask friends, family, someone that has the physique that you're looking to get or has had a great experience. So research and then a referral or experience in your circle. And then the last thing I really would focus on is is how much experience, what type of education and what realm of coach, the type of coach, the style of coach do you think you need when you're doing the research? Like I need a tough love person. I say this, mm. I know I'm a, I am a trainer and a coach and I have a trainer and a coach for my own goals. Just so everybody yeah. understands that even yeah. those of us that are in the industry that love what we do sometimes need a second set of eyes, which also yeah. goes back to like the person that you're hiring. Like I need someone when I'm tired from coaching other people to say, did you hit your protein goal? What's going on? Are you tired? How are you managing yeah. your stress? Stress. So I think, you know, you have to really know what you're looking for. And then the last piece is I think you should interview at least two or three different types of coaches. Don't be afraid. And I say this on all my consultation calls. Have you have you looked into any other coaches or have you talked to any other coaches? That's a question I ask all the time. Mm. And if they say no, you know, so-and-so referred me, I always say, do you have anybody else in mind that you can talk to before we solidify this relationship? And they're always surprised by that. But I want them to be absolutely certain that I'm the one for them. That's a really great question. I never thought to ask people that I'm meeting for the first time that I'm actually going to start doing that. Yeah. Well, because- then I know when they come back, they're like, I looked around and you know what, you're, let's get this going. Let's go. Cause then they're all in and I'm excited that they're all in. So that also motivates me to right. want to like get going. Right. Um, and I don't feel like I missed anything, you know, during the interview. So I always tell clients, look around, do your homework, research, figure it out. And if you, if this really feels authentically like good for you, then we can go off and we hit the ground running. Yeah, I love that. I kind of had a few things too, very, very similar. Um, I think it's interesting to me when I meet with someone for the first time, um, how little questions people actually ask me. Yeah. You know, I very rarely, I mean, maybe in my entire career, I think less than a handful of times, honestly, people have said, what type of certification do you have? Have you ever worked with someone um, who has been struggling the way I am or has the same type of goals or is at the same fitness level I am or has the same issues I have, right? So if someone's coming to me with like a bum shoulder or a knee or something like that, like very rarely do people actually ask, like, have you ever worked with somebody in my circumstance before? Um, And I think, I think they should be asking stuff like that, especially if it's someone who is coming off an injury or even just has like minor aches and pains that bug them regularly, you know, like a, a, a week back where they wake up with like shoulder pain. Like, have you ever had to work around somebody who 
has a bad shoulder, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that something you feel comfortable doing? Because, you know, if you meet a new trainer who maybe hasn't been around as long, they might say no. Hopefully they do say no if that's honestly how they feel. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and if they do say no, if they're someone that wants to provide a great service, they'll say, I'm not sure, but I'm, I will work my butt off to figure it out, to give you a great experience or to help you through it or whatever the situation. Yeah. Or depending on the environment they are in, like Nicole, I know you will work at Lifetime. They can say, I have not personally, but I have great mentors here who can help me figure this out for you. You know, who I can go to. Yeah. We have a place to refer you for PT or whatever maybe. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. Um, I definitely think people should ask about current certifications and CPR, especially depending on the facility they're working at. I think it's, you can kind of assume if you're at a big gym that everybody is CPR certified, I hope, right? Like, yes, for us, yeah. (laughs) They have to be, so let's hope. Um, But even at smaller places, kind of asking about their certifications, I think asking about, you know, especially if you have, whether it's a short-term goal or a long-term goal, how are we going to track progress? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like, will you be telling me or showing me any graphs or giving me any input back, any feedback? And how will that be communicated? I think that's really important versus just assuming that people are going to train and um, they'll train forever until they feel better or, you know what I mean? I feel yeah. like it's really important to be able to show clients like, Hey, this is where we were just a few weeks ago or a couple of months ago. And this is where we're at now. You know what I mean? And kind of keep them in the loop with that communication mm-hmm. so that they feel part of the process too, not just kind of going through the motions that you're telling them to go through. Yeah, absolutely. This is where I know we're going to get into this about the difference between a trainer and a coach. Yes, yes. And a lot of what you're starting to tap into is setting expectations and then utilizing tools and strategies to not only keep the client motivated to continue to work hard for the goal, but they're also not just seeing progress, but there's an actual plan of Mm. how we're going to implement these strategies and what they're going to do every step of the way. So coach really is in tune to, to getting you to understand the why behind what we're doing, how we're going to do it and setting the expectation. This is the phase of training we're in. It's going to take us this long. These are my goals. Here's what I have for an expectation of what we can achieve with your body or your nutrition or building a healthy relationship with food or whatever the goal is. Right. And this is what we want to accomplish so that you learn along the way versus maybe a trainer that just says, show up, I'll take you through the workouts. Don't worry about anything else. You should right. definitely be worrying about, about everything. About every- you should definitely worry about everything else. <laughs> yeah. You should want to know. I mean, a lot of clients will come in and they don't need to know the every nitty gritty about how you program everything. But I'm also a bit of a chatty Kathy, so I like to tell everybody everything. Yeah. Anybody that knows me knows that I probably talk way too much. But I'd rather tell you too much and have you as a client tell me you don't need to know it than not tell you enough and feel yeah. like lost. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, and I think that might even come down to goals too. Like, do are you just looking for someone to put you through workouts? Right. Or yeah. are you looking for someone to help you on a journey? 
Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. I don't think I've, have you ever had anyone that just said, I just want to come in and get workouts in? I've never had that. No, no, but I don't don't know. Maybe it happens. I'm not that type of trainer. Like I said, a minute ago, I'm a bit of chatty Kathy. I want you to know all the nitty gritty. And I love teaching clients the reasons why, because it's a lifestyle and I want them to, no matter how much the timeline is, they have them. If I know that they leave me telling everyone that they touch moving forward, all the things that we talked about, that mm-hmm. they learned, maybe just different strategies or things that they didn't think of a specific way, but now they have a different mindset over it, I feel like I have done my job as a coach in putting good into the world and having it then be passed through that one person that I touch to everyone else that they touch. Yeah. And that, I, I don't know, that's what gets me up in the morning. I used to even, like, I have to admit, I used to think long time ago that even in like the small group atmosphere that people just cared about the workout, but the more and more I do it and the more like we start to build these little communities in my small mm-hmm. groups, I don't think it that's just about the workout. Like they want more than that. They want the nitty gritty coaching about how to small tweaks, even though they all, yeah, a lot of them already have great form, but like how to feel it that much more, how to make it that much better, how to squat a little deeper. Um, And then we talk about so many like life things that we share in a group Mm -hmm. that it does become just kind of like almost a mini coaching session through the whole thing. Um, So I think people with small group training almost start out thinking that they just want the workout, but then don't end up leaving because of the whole coaching experience. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, because you you do more, I, I'm, I will openly admit I'm not, I don't do a lot of group yeah. training or group coaching. I'm mm-hmm. definitely more of a one-on-one coach, but um, you know, I'm sure you can, well, you can correct me if I'm wrong by this statement, but a lot of the community aspect of group training is what not just what you learn about yourself and the coach, the direct is what you learn from each other observing and watching. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Even not even just exercise wise, but the things that we share, you know, about like lifestyle and habits and just all like the conversation that kind of ensues during a session. Like sometimes it's fun and lighthearted and we're never talking about anything training lifestyle specific, but other times like it's, it comes, it always seems to keep coming back to that. Um, yeah. Which the shared is, experience, right? Yeah. Like they're doing it together. Yeah. And, and also there's this feeling of like, oh, good, I'm not the only one. Yeah, right? yeah, that's, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so one of the, couple of the other things that I wanted to mention when it comes to looking for how to choose a, a trainer or a good coach, well, let's, moving forward, let's use the word coach, right? Because we're really trying to identify the difference between, you know, someone who's a personal trainer and someone who really understands how to coach people well is the intake process, mm-hmm. right? And and let's kind of put that hand in hand with the overall assessment. I yeah. have seen many people start working with trainers and never go through an assessment. Yeah. And my mind is like, how can you put together a program for somebody you've never even seen the way they move? Yeah. Right? It's interesting because when you, at the beginning, when we started talking, you were talking about 
when we start when I started as a trainer versus now and that mm. has changed a lot too yeah and I think that's part of the reason why people go from thinking I'm just coming in for a workout and working with a trainer versus mm. hiring a coach because let's be honest trainer coach has evolved so much in the 20 something years that I've been yeah. working in the industry when I was a young trainer I had a mentor or a, what I would call a team lead or a personal training coordinator that literally had to look at every program I wrote before I could work with the, with right. the client and yeah. go through the workout. So someone was watching what I was doing. Ah. That is no longer the case in many places. There's a, yeah. there are some that are wonderful that do have those um, types of programs implemented into their um, their companies, but there are a lot that do not. So that's one part that I think has changed. Um, and then you also have people purchasing programs with no trainer mm. or no coach, excuse me, purchasing workouts with no coach. It's just, here's a trainer that right. looks this way on what social media. And then you buy their program thinking you're going to look like that trainer, right. which is a whole nother discussion. Yeah. But <clears throat> So that has changed too. So I think the expectation from the client's perspective and then the expectation on the trainer's end blends in together to has morphed a little bit of that, you know, goal too. Yeah. I mean, I think an assessment is such a huge part of making sure that you're actually getting a program that's customized. Absolutely. To you. Yeah, of course. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how trainers do that. If there's any out there that can shed light on it, I mean, I just don't know. We have FMS screens that we do. Mm -hmm. We, um, I also screen, you know, my nutrition clients probably even more than I do my my movement or training clients. Just simply, do you put them through a movement assessment too, or no? Yeah, I do. First session is never a workout in the definition of what a client would constitute a workout. Right, right, like right. I may take them through what they think is a workout, but it's a movement screen. Yeah. Me. Like there's certain patterns of movement that I'm watching right. that I work through. It can make them sweat and feel like a workout because mm-hmm. it's hard to go through a movement screen. But um yeah, you wanna look at how the body functions and figure out where there may be tension, where there may be weakness, where there may be, you know, poor mechanics, tightness. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a slew of things that we could talk about, but that's one piece. And then the other piece is what do you do with it once you get it, right? So now right. you see this person that maybe they can't lunge correctly or their squat is pattern is off. I never want the client to feel like they come in and they're a disaster, right? It's right. like, oh my God, you're broken. You're not. Right. We're just right. going to work on these things. So I tend to not really talk too much about what's not, what doesn't look good or what Mm -hmm. doesn't function well. I just say, these Mm -hmm. are the things that I see and we're going to work on them. And then you can create your program based on that in a way that the client feels like they're going to feel so much better and look better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What type of screens do you do? I do a movement assessment. So I do push, pull, um, split squat. Yeah. Just, you know, and I, I always describe it to people because you know, I know sometimes people are like, oh, we're going to meet for the first time and do like a workout. And I'm like, I'm just going to put you through some basic movements so that I can see what your body does naturally. 
Yeah. That's kind of the way I describe it, right? I just want to see where knees go, where shoulders go, shrugging, no shrugging, like kind of yeah. all of that stuff. Uh, mostly looking for potential imbalances that need to be, may need to be corrected. Um, and then that's usually how, for me, because I offer like 30 and 45 minute sessions, I kind of use that as to help them choose what type of training might be better for them. Are they somebody with experience who moves well, who could easily do 30 minute sessions, or do we need to take our time, go a little slower, um, put some corrective exercises in there on top of also making them feel like they got a good workout, you know, and maybe we need a little bit more time, like 45 minutes or an hour. Um, And so for me, the goal is never to, and I think that's something for people to be weary of someone who is just like, this is what I do. And this is what I offer for everybody. Yeah. Yes. Right. Versus like, I don't want anybody to feel like they have to pay for a, one hour training sessions, you know, and I don't think that's necessary for everybody. So I do like to talk to them about what I see, like you said, is going on with their body and depending on their budget and their availability, like what we could accomplish in 30, 45 or 60 minute sessions and then let them choose uh, based on how they're feeling. Yeah. Well, that's the coach. The coach wants to make it work for everybody. A trainer just wants to get a session. Right. And say, this is the packages. This is what I offer. Yeah. You have to you know, do this. Yeah. You have to do this one. Um, and then this was, this is kind of going into it a little bit. Like once you have chosen, like, okay, I'm going to work with Nicole. Like, I don't know if I want to call them right red flags, but things to be aware of when you are working with someone to determine if they are someone that you want to continue to work on your journey with, right? Like you want to continue to work with them long-term. And the two, the two biggest things I came up with was mostly um, connection. I know we talk about this all the time and just communication with like overall progress, but also modifications. Like how does your trainer react if you say, Ooh, that feels a little tweaky or, Ooh, that kind of bothers my back or, you know, what is their response? Is the response like, We'll keep going, (laughs) you know, push through and let's finish. Or is it like, Ooh, okay, hold on. I don't want you to feel that there, or you shouldn't be feeling that in that specific spot. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's change. Let's, let's change something up for you. Let's give you something else to try, you know? So that is something I think should be a little bit of, you know, red flag for someone to just be aware of if you are communicating or even just communicating that something feels really hard and you're struggling. Does your trainer stand there and watch you struggle or can they kind of sense when it's time to pull back? I think that's like a really big indicator or difference between a trainer and a coach. Like a trainer might just be like, finish. (laughs) You got 10 more seconds, keep pushing I don't care if you're about to puke on the floor, like, whereas like a coach will understand when someone is truly uncomfortable and might even just be able to read it before the person even says it. I don't know about you, Nicole, but like, I can tell by a look on someone's face, even when they are trying so hard to hide it, that they're not feeling well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, maybe that is somewhat experience because we've been doing it a long time. But even when I was a new trainer, if someone, if I sensed it or had a, my gut instinct was like, 
a little like, I don't know about that. Like you can tell when you're watching, I always made them stop. I would rather, it's again, it's the same thing. I'd rather pull back mm -hmm. and ease into it or have them say to me, a client say to me, yeah, I'm feeling, but I think I can finish. If they say that, then I'm, then I'm more apt to be like, okay, go for it. But if mm -hmm. I'm like, just finish, shut up. It's okay that you feel pain or I, I mean, that's a bit aggressive, but you know you what I mean? You would never say shut up. <laughs> you just said that. I was like, yeah, really? No, you would never say that. <laughs> Still, you know what I mean? But even yeah. if not, not feeling heard by the client, not feeling heard, the trainer just pushing them because it's the tough way to do things, the tough mm. love. You know, there's, I'm sure people can argue with us back and forth at, about threshold and you know, how much people need to push and that people tend to not really work as hard as they think they are. All of that stuff is true, but right. it is up to the trainer to monitor the progression of that week to week mm -hmm. versus just pushing them just to get a good workout. And it's not about that. We really want them leaving feeling yeah. so much better than they did when they came in. And sometimes that means doing less. Yeah. And even clients need to understand that doing less sometimes is more. Yeah. I think sometimes clients don't express that they're not feeling good or even, you know, kind of the comment you said where like, yeah, but I can, but I can finish. Sometimes I'll interrupt them and say, but I can give you something else if that's not feeling that good. And then they're like, okay, yeah, I'll take something else, you know, cause I, yeah, like, cause I almost think that they feel like then they're quitting and like the session is over type thing. And it's like, well, no, we can we can change it. We can modify to something else that feels, you know, less aggressive or whatever. Um, and then that gives them that extra, like, okay, I'm not a wimp. Like, you know, I yes. can. I hate when people think that I I've had, I don't know about you, but I've had many people come to sessions, both training and nutrition. I, I, if I don't finish this, I feel like I'm disappointing you. And I'm like, Oh, oh. girl, ain't about me. Yeah. Number one, which is another definition of, or difference, I should say, between trainer and coach. Because I do feel like a lot of the time trainers just want people to go through a workout to say that they finished one of their workouts versus mm. coaches. Like, it's not about me. It's really about making sure if we have to modify today, I'll make a note of it. And then the next time we push, each time you get closer to the next level that we want to get to, we'll celebrate that win together when yeah. you get there. And so that is also, I think, a difference. Yeah, that that is it. That is a huge difference. That difference of like knowing when to push and knowing when to pull back. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely times where I'm like, you got this push a little harder, you know, but being able to kind of read people. But I think you're right. Some of that is not just the coaching experience, but overall experience with being able to read people's body language, facial expressions and their overall mannerisms uh, during a workout. Yeah. And what I was saying before was also connection, right? Because I think that's important. Like if you're going to be on a journey, if you're going to invest with someone, you need to somehow feel connected with them. You might not feel connection right off the bat, especially if you're meeting someone new that maybe you weren't referred to. I don't know. Maybe you just did some research, found somebody in the area or at your local gym. But at some point within that first, you know, whether it's month or two months, like there should be a connection building. Yeah. And yeah. if building rapport is 
something, it takes some time, but I also think that goes back to what you're saying about communication and then setting expectations. And this mm-hmm. is on the coach. Like when you meet a client and you're working with them, they need to know everything up front. One of my business mentors used to say, you can't have an expectation for a client to know everything that you expect of them if you don't actually lay that all out at the very beginning when you start working with them. And that can be even things like showing up late for a session, late cancellations. I mean, that's more the business side, but all of that has to be discussed right out the gate so that both the trainer and or coach and client knows this is what happens if A, B, C, and D. This is what happens if A, B, C, and D. And all these situations, that way it's laid out and everybody knows the, the situation. That way, when you get to a place, because this is it, it does sometimes get fishies. Things happen. Coaches get sick. Clients get sick. And if everybody knows what's going to happen in each of those situations, then there's no, um, I don't believe I've ever had any issue when I've set that straight out the gate or communicated that straight out the gate. Right, right. You're just kind of setting the boundaries and the expectations in advance. And then there's no awkwardness. There's no question. There's no second guessing of anything. Yeah. And I also think there's then when you talk about the relationship, there's no resentment that gets built up or miscommunication, or you said this and I meant that if you get all of that out of the way at the beginning, Mm -hmm. you also are then the coach knows the type of client and the client knows the coach, what you know, the relationship is laid out. It's like, you've got that all set up. So it makes it super easy. Yeah. What else, Nicole, what else do you think when it comes to choosing a coach, referrals, definitely Mm a little bit of research, you know, if they're at a gym, check out their, you know, intro biography page, do they have their own website? What type of certifications do they have? Um, Paying attention to whether they're putting you through a movement assessment. What are some of the other things that would come up for you that you think? people should be asking? I think the other thing people should be asking is when we get done with this phase, then what? Like, what's Ah. the plan? Hmm. True plan. So, I mean, a lot of the times a client will come and say, I want to work with you for the next six months and I have this goal. And I'm like, okay, that's a great goal. Let's get 10 pounds off or let's get your push-ups. You want to do push-ups, 20 push-ups in a minute or I don't know, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's great. And then I say, and then what? I ask Ah. them, like, what's the next step? Because here's the thing. We all know that short-term goals are really important for long-term lifestyle change. But then the exit strategy or the long-term plan isn't just about the short-term and then you stop. It's about what you're going to continue to do moving forward. Yeah. Well, I always ask, okay, once we finish this goal, this goes back to setting expectations. I'm like, okay, I have you for six months and this is what we want to accomplish. I always ask next, and this is what you should ask if you're a client. What if I, what if we hit that goal sooner? Or what if it takes us longer to hit that goal? Or what happens in the interim when I hit the goal? And then what? Like, what do you see as the next step? I really think clients should be asking trainers. This is also when you talk about red flags. If a trainer says, Three months, 50 pounds, done. We can get that off. Come on. Let's set real expectations and let's give them a couple of um, options. Like we can do it in this amount of time if you do this, Mm -hmm. because 
you're hiring a coach, but they're not going to do all the work for you. You have to show up as a client and plug in. Mm -hmm. Sometimes life gets in the way. Kids get sick. Someone gets hurt. I don't know. A job gets busy. What happens if that gets shook up a bit? How do we how do we, you know, move forward? Mm-hmm. And what are we going to do if we have to shake things up? How yeah. would you feel if this took longer? Yeah. Because that goes back to also the finance part. If someone is budgeting a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. if it takes longer, you don't want them to be disappointed. I want everything out in the open. Yeah. So I think that's another piece too is, I mean, I'm a dork when it comes to planning. So yeah. The other thing that came to my mind when we were saying this is um, we're we're talking about what questions people should be asking coaches, but also listening to what questions the coach, when you are meeting with them for the first time, is asking you. Mm -hmm. You know, what types of questions are they asking you? Are they asking you, what brought you here today? What are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? What have you done before? What have you enjoyed before? What have you not enjoyed before? What do you feel like has worked for you, has not, and why? You know, like how, like all of those leading questions, because I think all of those things are an indicator that they actually are going to put a lot of thought into your program and your plan, right? Yep, for short term and long term strategy. Right. And I also think if, if you get a coach that isn't asking you a million questions, that's probably a red flag for me yeah. too. Right. If they're just I like, I want to know it all. Yeah. I know. I feel like sometimes people are a little shocked by how much I ask them, especially when it comes to like nutrition, potential nutrition clients, you know, like I'm asking about sleep and stress and mood and libido and uh, yeah. menstrual cycles and vitamins and supplements. And I think sometimes people are like, you mean how many times I go to the bathroom? Like, yes. (laughs) Do you go to the bathroom regularly? You know, like all of those things. Um, But I think that's important because again, that's the difference between uh, someone who's going to give you a plan that hopefully works around your lifestyle currently and getting you to where you need to be and someone who's just going to give you a plan that they've given, you know. I'd rather you say to me as a client, I'm not ready to talk about those things yet, or that's not something I'm wor- I'm worried about right now. Okay, yeah. And then I can take it off the table and be like, okay, digestive health, we can pause and let's focus on these other things. Right. Um, but that goes back to what you were saying about communication. I'd rather over-communicate mm. than under-communicate and have let the c- client tell me and dictate what they need more of, what they need less of, yeah. And what feels comfortable and doesn't versus not touching anything and avoiding conversation right. altogether. And then because that's when all the, you know, all the stuff comes out. Yeah. I thought I wasn't supposed to give you 24 hour notice. Well, nope, we discussed it right in the beginning. And I, you know, if you right. get all that out, then there's no wishy-washy or, right. you know, I don't really want to talk about digestion right now. No problem. And then I won't ask anymore. So. Right. Again, building rapport, setting expectations. These are all like the fundamentals of being a really great coach and a coachable client too. Because that's the flip side to this is 
you know, you and I have been in this industry a long time. We've had people come in and go, I say, okay, what are you willing to do to get to this goal? And if you say nothing as a client, we're in big trouble because if you do nothing, you get nothing. And that does happen. I want to do as little as possible to get to the goal. Okay, well, let's see what we can come up with. So it's, it's a, I say this all the time. It is a mutual relationship. It is not one-sided. And I think too many clients go to a coach, almost like they go to a doctor and they go, tell me what to do. Uh, yes. Yep. Or give me, right. give me what I need to do and I'll just do it as opposed to it being an open dialogue, good conversation, communication, like a little bit of a back and forth so that there's some type of, um, you know, exchange versus if you just want to be told what to do, you can get a workout online for like 15 bucks a month and be told how to do that. You don't even have to be told. You just have it and go ahead and implement it. And some people are really successful doing that, which is totally fine. Go yeah, for it. Absolutely. So I think that's the coach. Like if you are looking for someone to be with you every step of the way and hold you accountable and get you through the tough times and work through the chaos and answer questions and navigate different strategies and give you ideas and help you through the mental gymnastics that we go through when things may not be working or Mm -hmm. things aren't as fast as we want them to go. A coach is going to be the one that gets you through all of that. And a trainer is just going to say, I'll see you next week. Ah, that is such a good, I feel like we just need to wrap it up on that. (laughs) (laughs) That was such a good way to like, put it like, I'll see you next week. End of story. Um, yeah, I like that. I think that's really important. Um, well, I think we, I think we got to a lot. I was going to start going off on a tangent and I had to like pull myself back. I recently just had that experience with someone this week who, um, you know, was very open about her goals, but was like, I want to lose 20 pounds in two months. And like, you know, can you do that for me? And, you know, I had to say no. And here's the thing. The question, can you do that for me, is yes. not the right question. Right. Can you do that for yourself? Right. That's not the, tr- like, yes, the trainer can give you the education of what you need to do to get there. But can right. you live a lifestyle that can get 20 pounds off in two months? I mean, listen, it's not impossible. No, it's not. All the time. But can you do it? And most, most people cannot. Yeah. So, you well, know. and can you do it and then keep it off? Like well, that's, exactly. that's my main thing that, you know, we had talked about her roller coaster dieting and all the diet, you know, the fact that she's been on every diet under the sun. And I'm like, I'm not willing to contribute to that yeah. pattern. Um, mm-hmm. I want to help you, but the way I would help you would be creating lifestyle changes so that you never have to worry about this on and off again, once it's off, yeah. you know, and so it was a big conversation, but, um, it doesn't happen often, but they're, you know, a good, I think a good coach will say no, if this no. is not a good fit, you know, in either direction. Yeah. And I think that's hard, right? Like most trainers are just like, yes, clients, let's go need clients, want clients, yeah, you know, and it's like, kind of have to know, like, this is not going to be a good fit. Um, and one of us is not going to be happy at the end of the journey. <laughs> and I don't, you know what I mean? And I don't want that, you know? So absolutely. I agree. But all right, Nicole, we got to do this again. Another like coach's corner. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we should do, maybe you guys should send 
me your topic suggestions. If you had a coach all to yourself for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, what would you ask? What are your questions that are like, if I could just pick the brain of somebody who knows what they're doing, what would you ask? I would love to have Nicole on here again, doing a coach's corner where we answer your questions specifically. Yes. And yes. So with that, we will see you next week. Thank you so much, Nicole, for being with me once again. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Making Fit Work. If you did, it would mean so much to me if you took a minute to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference and would be super helpful to me. Also, if you have any topic suggestions, if there's something in particular you'd love for me to address on this podcast, feel free to shoot me a message. I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can shoot me a DM on Facebook or Instagram and find me at fitwith underscore Nina. Again, you can find me at fitwith underscore Nina. Or you can join my private community on Facebook called Making Fit Work and drop your topic suggestions in there. Until next time, my friends, be strong, be healthy, be happy.